And hello there. Yes, this podcast would usually begin with something akin to a um. Let's call it a cold open. That sounds good. Coming from you know pre-show banter normally, sometimes in the intermission. Um, but in this particular case, um, Adam introduced this episode as 113, and as much as I would <clears throat> like to throw him under the bus for it, it is in fact actually because I, Tim, told him it was 113 as opposed to 114, which is the episode you're listening to, um, that he did that. So it is, um... Entirely my fault, but you know, with any luck, I'll be already fading out over the point where I'm admitting this, and maybe you won't. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixelcast episode 113. One three is unlucky for some people, but not us. We're always unlucky. Joining me today is three wonderful people. Uh, first up is Ken. Ken, how you doing, mate? Good, thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. It's always good to um, be a guest with you on this podcast. You're always telling me some weird and funky game that I've never heard of before. I am very clever. That's true. I uh, know. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is the host, the man behind Pixelcast. There'd be no Pixelcast without him. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm not sure. Did I blank out? Did you, or did you actually forget to introduce yourself? Oh no, I'll introduce myself later. I always put myself last. You see. Ah, uh-huh, so you're just the mystery voice. Everyone knows my voice. It's that annoying voice that goes, "Oh, that's that's Garfield. That's Adam." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I just tricked you into like introducing yourself a little bit earlier. Ed, <laughs> our other guest is Renee. Renee, how you doing today? Tad cold. Guess you that's what you cold. expect for winter. No, it's a tad yeah. cold. Oh, tad cold. It is, isn't it? It yeah. was. Um, we had like minus three last week, and it was, that was very cold. Mm. Oh, it sounds so nice. Yeah, I suppose it would if you're like boiling at the moment. Like, I'm. All, I'm kind of glad that Renee had. I guess because of bit, bit rate or whatever, I had to turn a vid- video off because like that hoodie was making me sweat just looking at it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually wearing a onesie because it's very cold in my room. Onesies are awesome. And for some reason, I am the host today. I am Adam, a.k.a. Garfield. I think this is the first time I've actually ever hosted um, uh, Pixelcast. How about that? I hope it all goes well. It won't, but that's okay. You can blame it on me. Blame it on the host. We're going to be talking about the games that we're currently playing. And Renee... You've already um, given me a heads up, but I want to hear all about Final Fantasy XIV. Go for it. Well, what do you want to know? Like, it, there is so much happening in the world of Final Start Fantasy XIV. beginning. Always. This is going to be a 25-hour episode version long. <laughs> There's well, um, I, a few updates that have been coming out, right? Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm keen, keen to hear about, because I think we were saying just before the break, there was FanFest... Lots of the uh, lots of the Final Fantasy four play- fourteen players are very excited about some new developments. Um, yeah, they obviously they've announced the next expansion already. Like it doesn't seem like that long ago that we were doing Endwalker, and suddenly they're like, "Here's Dawn Trail," um, which it looks like it's actually going to take place in the land of the Blue Mages, 
which is something that is kind of mostly ignored in Final Fantasy XIV. It's the joke class. You can't do any of the normal content generally as a blue mage because it's too overpowered. It can kill things too easily. So it's kind of interesting that <laughs> the players are going to get to go there. That sounds pretty cool. Are they... Um... Has that just been an avenue of Fun Fantasy fourteen that they've kind of like left untouched up until now? Mostly? Um pretty much. It's only been it's considered a solo class and it's called a limited job class. But it's it's because if it went into a dungeon, if you had four blue mages in a dungeon, you could have one person using final sting, which will kill the uh, which will probably kill the boss, but it also kills the player of casting it. So how the Blue Mage works is that it lets players take monster abilities and use them themselves as spells. Mm-hmm. And there are two suicide ones. There is um, Final Sting, which is for single enemies, and there is also um, the one which is just an explosion. And with both of them, you kill over dead. I, and so how annoying is this for you? Yeah. Like, as the person who just had to do the suicide skill... Um, as long as you have other blue mages that can res you, it's fine. But it's, it generally only, um, it has a special mode, pretty much, that where it's called the Mask Carnival, where you are essentially fighting monsters and performing for a crowd. And as long as the monster dies in the end, it doesn't matter if you die as well. As long as you've defeated the monster, you still win. <laughs> I got some. I've got a friend that's really into Final Fantasy fourteen, and uh, the last big update that they had uh, or expansion, apparently it was so popular that uh, they just didn't anticipate the amount of um, uh, boost in player numbers, and they had yeah. to like run around the clock and actually get additional servers up. Is the same thing going to happen here? You think? I'm on Oce- Oceana servers, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Zervan, which I call the bot server because it's full of bots. <laughs> it has, um, because it's the least popular server in all of the Oceana servers. Yeah, it attracts a lot of bots, but I think that un- unfortunately it's going to be a problem with the next expansion because it just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger. And even people who leave tend to come back. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's just probably they're probably going to have the same issue. That's it's going to be less of an I issue did. in Australia yeah. um, than it is in say the US or the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at one point when Endwalker came out, they actually had to stop sales and stop the trial. Imagine being so successful, you have to stop sales. It's like, look, we need to fix this up. And then we'll get around to the other 10,000 people who have ordered this game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They had to be like, they were like, no, stop buying it. Let us catch up. <laughs> um, but with the trial, with the new expansion, the trial's actually going to ex- expand to Stormblood, the free trial. So you can now play up to level 70 with no restrictions on playtime. That seems like a lot. Yeah, mm. that's the first two expansions, as well as the bait game. I was about to ask, where does level 70 take you? Um, and, and what's the level um, So cap? that would be a Realm Reborn, uh, Heaven's Ward, and then they've just, they'd be adding Stormblood. So that's the first two expansions as well as the base game. Stormblood doesn't seem that far away, though. 
was it only uh, a year? A years two ago. years? Two years, I think. Right? I think Endwalker was only like a... Yeah, probably two years now. Which one came out during COVID? It is still during COVID. It came COVID. out the end like of... To pretend. <laughs> it's, it was towards the end of COVID. Okay, there you um, go. That so I think Endwalker came of. out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's so many expansions, isn't there? Man, well, I, I do not envy any historians who look back at this era and try to pin down when towards the end of COVID actually means. Uh, when we weren't locked down anymore and everyone yeah. was getting mental illness. Which is a lot of people. I'd say it's when the media stopped saying that COVID was a massive issue and now they're just like, oh, so many people died of COVID today. It's fine. It's fine. It's normal. Yeah. Nothing wrong here. Now, Tim, yeah, you've been playing a game that's been out forever, but yep. it's an awesome game. <laughs> it is about it. Fucking awesome. <laughs> um, although Renee managed to upset me by reminding me that I'm not playing the one that I think I'd like to be playing even more. But yeah, I'm playing. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's. I, I mean, we say out forever because so I'm playing Katamari Damacy Reroll because Katamari on the Switch is pretty much a perfect perfect little marriage right there. The it only, is, isn't it? The only thing dragging it down a tiny bit is that obviously the um, analog sticks are offset, which is great for a lot of things, but having them right next to each other on a PlayStation control pad is perfect for a game like Katamari, which for anybody who doesn't know, and I feel like it's been long enough now that we have to assume that some people don't know, is a game where you are the weird... Um, rectangular, horizontally rectangular-headed baby prince of the king of all cosmos, who is this kind of very glam... (laughs) glam camp, Monty Python-esque deity who goes on a bit of a bender and knocks all the stars out of the sky. (laughs) I love the premise of this game. It's so extra. Great. Um, And then he's like, alright, the stars are missing. Uh, My bad. Um, Prince, son... I'm, you go down to Earth, I'm going to give you a sticky ball, and then you just roll up enough stuff until I can flick it into the sky and call it a star again. So it's the like, re- Gotcha. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Makes perfect sense. No more explanation needed. So, yeah, the reason for I the... I just anal- love that... I was going to say, I just love the fact that the reason that it happened is because he got completely blackout drunk. What the intro again? I'm not even drunk. sure he got drunk. I just think he was having like a really good time at a disco or something and just like knocked all the... <laughs> He's like, oops. <laughs> um, but- I also like the, um, the second uh, We Love Katamari, which is the sequel that just yeah. came out recently, like this year recently. Um, you have to repair the planet. So apparently that kind of says that he... He didn't just destroy the stars. He may have, have also played? destroyed the planets as well. Okay, so I haven't played Re- We Love Katamari Reroll, but um, I guess like they put the historical perspective on how long these things have been out for. Katamari Damacy was a PlayStation 2 game that never came out in the PlayStation 2 in Australia, and I don't think in any PAL territory. It kind of got an experimental release, I guess, in the US, and then did its kind of cult thing because it is super fun. It is super weird and mm-hmm. super fun. And then the sequel, We Love Katamari, did get a PAL release. Yeah. So that's the yes. one that I have all the fond memories of. That is where my nostalgia is routed, like, really kind of soiled in. Yeah. And I do think it's probably the better game, as with video games, quite often the sequel is, because they kind of, like, iron out the kinks and, like, they manage to vary up the gameplay once they've got the systems in place and whatnot. 
Yeah, I think that we've, we love Katamari because they experimented with it a bit. I mean, there's some that I absolutely, like, there's some levels I absolutely loathe, like the campfire level can go die anywhere. Um, <laughs> sounds like someone who agrees. Um, but everyone talks about that one. But it also has the sumo wrestler episode where you have to make him fat enough by rolling him over all of the food, which is very difficult. Very difficult to do like something with that theme as wholesome as they managed to pull it off. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. We still haven't actually. I mean, it's also. I was going to say, it's really weird that it is it is quite a wholesome game and you keep playing it despite the fact that a lot of the time the King of All Cosmos is quite demeaning to Prince. Oh, yeah, and you can totally see his package. Um, but yeah, he talk, like, <laughs> the, the dialogue Look, is... No one's complaining. Is fucking great. Like, it is hilarious all the time. Um, but yeah, to actually explain <laughs> these mechanics, because I do think there are probably people who don't really know what Katamari is, as disturbing as that is for me to admit to myself. The reason I was commenting about this sticks being offset is basically... You're rolling this thing around and it gets bigger. It's a snowball effect, basically. And the more stuff you pick up, the more stuff you can pick up until it's bigger and bigger. Um, so, basically, the six of your hands. So, you both six forward pushes the thing forward, and then, you know, one stick back and one stick forward, and it's like kind of your right hand's out and your left hand's back, and you're like steering this way and that way. So, having the six side to side is ideal. Still better than I was fearing on the Switch. Like, I don't think they're quite as offset as they are on the Xbox controller. You kind of get a feel for it. Um, but I, have I, they ironed out anything else in there, like um, in terms of improvements or anything? I, or is it like a, no? It's one of those that's been too long, I could not tell you. Um, um, I, I think that they you, they did upgrade it in terms of H, like they upgraded the textures and stuff, but other than that, they didn't really do much. But, I mean, I think, yeah, you wouldn't need to do much, so it's not like there's like much te- texture filtering going on in there, like it had a very yeah. heavily stylized, very, like, it was... It's hard to say, like, you never thought of it as a tour de force for the PS2 era hardware, but there is a lot of stuff on screen. Like, it's very low poly, very simple mm. textures, but a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, you can collide with everything and obviously pick up almost everything once you're the right size, I, I have no idea, like, how much strain that would have actually put on the processing. And um, what I do know nope. is that there will never be a Dark Souls or whatever boss that is as satisfying to beat as it is to finally get big enough to roll up that fucking house cat that was, like, bashing you around the living room for the first three minutes of the stage. <laughs> oh, I love rolling up the tomcats, because they go... I love rolling up the random stuff I love it's just like, noises. it's so... Like, the whole game is just, like, so joyful. It's, like, just... And then it's, like, it's occasionally annoying, which I think is just inevitable when you got this premise. Like, you'd have to have the best physics engine in existence. For not to be, but it's like generally like so delightful, so joyful. But like then you just, you start rolling over people and they're like shrieking in terror. I love when the cops try to shoot the Kanamari as it comes yeah. towards them, and they they don't try and run; they just try they just to shoot the Kanamari. The sound dash and that gets very very annoying. Um, but this is something that's like weird. With like something I really loved about we love Katamari is like part of the story is like people are making requests. It's like a fan service game. Yeah. And the king gives a comment saying, "Oh, look at how much fun people are! They all love the Katamari." And then like when you're actually playing it, they're like shrieking and running for their lives. Yeah, this gigantic ball of like broken play equipment and elephants is just like rolling towards them. <laughs> that would be I think there's terrifying. actually one of the NPCs. I guess the. 
girls, the like high school girls, when you roll them up, they go, "Oh, who are you?" What like I don't you? know who. I, I don't. Re- yeah. Maybe that's in We Love Katamari. I have not come across. I'm that's pretty, in We Love Katamari. I'm pretty close, I think, at this point to um completing the first one, which has a few less um objectives and things. But the the core stages in this, like just rolling stuff up, is fun. Trying to get a thing as big as you can is fun. Finally being able to roll up that thing that was giving you trouble by bashing you around no matter what it is is fun. <laughs> when it tries to run and you're just like, yeah. no, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, this, yeah, this, the game, the game is fun. And, but it's also like, watch a video. Like, it's one of those things if you will know if this is going to be your jam. Like, just I go. Think actually, something I don't think there's anyone who doesn't know what these games are. Like, they've, they've been around long enough. Though, though I remember though, one of the first, like, that's weird. And it's actually fun <laughs> games that came out, like, many years ago now. I promise you, there are people who don't know, don't know what Katamari is anymore. It's it's. I don't think I want to know those people. Fair enough. <laughs> I think I think it's also like you you explain to someone a lot of the time. You'd be like, okay, well, you push around a ball, and as the ball gets bigger, you can pick up bigger stuff. And people are just like, this sounds so weird, and they want to check it out because it's like it delivers on that weird. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely delivers on the soundtrack weird. is fantastic as well. But again, oh yep. Occasionally, I guess you'd accuse it of being annoying sometimes, but he's never not delightful. Oh, I mean, there's definitely some songs that I don't like as much as others, but, uh... Speaking of weird games... Yeah, here we go. Well done. Ken, I want to hear about a weird game you play. You haven't been playing anything new lately, but is there a weird game off the top of your head that you go like, I've actually been thinking about that game lately? No. I have no idea nope. what you're reaching for anymore. Oh, boy. I was reaching, man. I was, I was putting out that olive branch. I don't know. I've got nothing back. That's okay. Because I've been playing a new game, Ken, and you might want to play this game. It sounds like your kind of game. Oh, I see there's so a mech been... in it, so... The what? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a, there's a mech, mech in it. Yeah. yeah, there is. Uh, so the game I've been playing is called Wall World, and I have a hard time saying that it's like a tongue twister for my brain. No one else has a problem with it. Just Wall me. World? So, it, it mouth Wall World. Weirdly full. Yeah. It's like the oh, American but... word for mum, where it's mom, and every time you say it, you end up with this mom. weird mouthful of air. Where's your mom? Oh, God, now I sound like I'm British. So, Wall World. It's essentially uh, a mining game. So, you play a guy, and um, you and your whole civilization are on the side of this wall. It's just a big, big wall. And you're in this mechanical spider thing. And it goes up and down the wall, and then you find um, various, like, mine entrances. You go in, you break away the blocks, you get more stuff. Uh, You take that stuff, you can upgrade things like uh, better mining equipment or better weapons, because every minute or so, you get attacked by these... uh, I forget the actual name of the enemies, but these enemies... So they come in the form of like these things that just basically fly to you, some shoot bullets, that sort of stuff. Very t- atypical. So you go up and down, you you mine, you get stronger, 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 and then uh, there's three waves, and every uh, every wave at the end of it, I think it's every twenty minutes, a big this big enemy like the big bad attacks you, and the first time you can kind of deal with it and you you can take him out. The second time. Uh, you're going to have to upgrade like quite a bit to be able to take him out. 
And the third time, so after an hour, he absolutely kills you. There's, there's no way to avoid it. So it's by design so, that you have to die after an hour. Correct. Uh, but every time you die, it's like you eject from this mechanical spider thing. And uh, much like every other roguelike, uh, you can kind of upgrade things so that when you start again, you're just that little bit more powerful or you have um, uh, options, better options moving forward in terms of uh, protecting yourself. But you also get better at the game. Um, obviously, there's um, there's a bit of a story that you're unlocking as you're doing this and um, like uh, messages that are left or people that you find in the mines. And uh, they kind of start to refer to things as like, oh, hang on, this this is actually a little bit weird. You mean there's a top to the wall or there's a bottom and I can go to either one? And what actually is the wall and what's happening there? And the only criticism I have for this game, because I actually got quite addicted to this for, for quite some time um, until I completed it, um, is that it, in terms of its story, it feels like it's not fully there. So it ends, um, you basically manage to find a way to like kill this big bad at the end, right? Um, but it doesn't end at the same time. So you kill it and you get to like, not the top, but there's like this big rift. And it's just like, oh, there you go. The end. I was like, well, well no, yeah. like, you've been alluding to all these other things here. And I, I'm actually invested right now. And like, oh, no, no, don't worry. That's going to be DLC in a few months' time. And I'm like, oh. Look, it's not an expensive game. It's and, five bucks um, It's enjoyable. It, yeah, it's cheap as hell. So, um, I'm I will gladly buy the DLC because I really am enjoying it, and I find like the the value is there from it. But it does kind of make me go like, oh, I I really wish that I could like unlock more of the story and stuff now. And maybe with your further updates, with your further DLCs, it could be more feature-based. Like, oh, you can do this mode, or this mode, or multiplayer, or whatever. And you said it was a couple um, months out? Because this came out in April, I believe. Uh, yes, it came out fairly recently, and DLC's already been announced, but I don't know when the DLC is out. Um, I think it just said maybe late 2003, like quarter yeah, three or they, quarter they, four. It's weird. It's kind of a weird one, because, I mean, it seems like the previews and the reception to this is quite positive, but it's also, like, not yeah. such a big game that people are going to hang around forever for the DLC. That's always a big problem with these things, and um, if I could liken it to another game that I, I played way too many hours at, it was um, Dome Keeper, um, and it's very similar in many regards to Dome Keeper. Dome Keeper's... It's not, you're not on a wall, you're on, like, a flat alien surface, but you're still mining and grinding and fighting off enemies, that sort of thing. Um, is it maybe going for that... like an? Sorry, I was going to say, is it maybe going for like an episodic type release by releasing the extra story as DLC? Well, that's where I think um, some of these um, games can like hit a bit of a struggle point. So, Dome Keeper came out and it's really good, but the updates have been very slow. So, as like Tim was saying, like, well, how long are people going to hang around for in terms of like um, like updates? Because most indie developers aren't swimming in cash or everything. So yeah. sometimes they have to release what they have, and then as you maybe suggested, it's like going to be episodic, and that way they'll have this semi-constant revenue stream going forward. And maybe this is the better way to do it. Um, if they're quick enough with their DLCs or updates, then it's not a problem. But um, it's it's not always going to be the case. I, I can think of numerous amazing indie games, and they just they don't have the staff or the resources to be able to just pump out updates like it's Fortnite or something. 
unfortunately. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that requires like an entire team. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know if any of you have played Core Keep, a very similar thing, where they had three main areas, which the story mm-hmm. was um, took you, you beat every time you defeat a boss in one of these areas, it would give you a bit more of a story. But then there's actually supposed to be six. And they haven't oh. released the sixth one yet. So, it's similar thing. We, you got to wait for it. Oh, wow. This one but came out in, over a year ago. Yeah, it's in early access, though. So. Wish list. Uh, yeah, I, did. I put that on my wish list because it looked all right. Damn. It's fun. So, um, yeah. I, I enjoyed the multiplayer with my friends, although uh, I... Because we got it pretty much not long after it came out, um, I put put too many plants in and completely tanked my frame rate when they were growing. <laughs> Wait, what are, what are the requirements? Because, I mean, this is a pixel ID thing. I wouldn't expect it to be... It's probably fixed by now, but it was just a, it was something funny that had happened at the time because it yeah. wasn't just me. When my friends entered my game, their frame rates also tanked. And it was only oh, when the plants weird. were growing. Only when they were growing. When they were fully like grown, it's perfectly times. fine. <laughs> You know, if you're looking for um, like mining type games that are really fun with co-op and stuff, I, I think one of the best examples of an indie game out there that just continuously seems to just get better the more I play it, and that's uh, Deep Rock Galactic. That game is phenomenal. Everyone should be playing that game. And they've been so successful that um, they've managed to turn themselves into publishers. So they've got three new games coming out by other developers, some of which is based off the Deep Rock IP, and they're publishing i'm like this is excellent like i, I yeah, love that, everything that they've done adam you've amazing tricked this show into covering way more games than i was expecting during the first half oh dude i i should probably stop talking but because i i could just go into it but i think um one of the things that i've noticed lately about myself is that i've been playing lots and lots and lots of indie games um just because i find that uh generally speaking they're pretty cheap so you can pick up uh like any of them for like maybe $12 or something. And with some of them, you get so many hours out of them. They're just so fun to play. And yeah, some of it's I, a I real think, basic concept. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the thing with indie games is that a lot of the time is that it, it is a labor of love mm. um, for a lot of people. And then you get like, um, for to use an example, uh, I was very excited about Fae Farm, which is coming out, thinking it's going to be about 30 bucks because that's what most of the farming simulator games tend to be. $80. Oof. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll go play something else, thank you. Cause, I'll just go yeah, play another just... 100 hours of Stardew Valley. Now that's one that took off. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a game. <laughs> well, I think that does it for everyone talking about the games that we're playing. We're going to have a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about my favorite topic, fighting games.
here. Welcome back, everybody. We've all had a break. We're all feeling refreshed. And we're on to the topic at hand. My favorite topic, fighting games. Specifically, though, what does and doesn't click in fighting game systems? And I like the I like the term systems, by the way. A lot of people say uh, mechanics. And I am not a fan of using the word mechanics. Uh, systems, I think, is a much, much, much better way of doing it. Now, Renee... We were just talking about uh, Street Fighter VI and a system that it has in there, something that you really enjoyed, and I would love for you to talk about that. I actually haven't played Street Fighter VI, but I was told about oh, it not that long ago. Told about so, it. Yep. yes, and um, it, like I, like I was saying before, the modern system input system sounds like a great idea mm-hmm. for people like me who are not very good at fighting games. Um, the only thing. I really play is well aside from Super Smash Brothers is um, Dead or Alive because it doesn't generally require me to memorize ridiculous combos. Apparently, uh, Tekken has always been uh, pretty popular for that very reason. And uh, to get into the more specifics about it, there's a difference between say uh, motion controls and uh, so like timing combos and what's referred to as strings. So a string, say Tekken, I could go up to anyone. I can go up to, you know, my son or daughter or someone who's never played fighting games. I can give them a character and say, hey, hold forward and press this button three times quickly, like bang, 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 bang. I said, don't worry about time and just hit it like that. You can actually hit it really fast if you want to. And their character will do this, like, combo. And they go, oh, wow, that's cool. It's, like, it's very easy to, to learn how to do those strings. Tekken, on the other hand, though, in terms of a competitive fighter, is extremely hard to learn. Wait, but, are we talking about Tekken and Tekken, or did I miss something? We're talking about Tekken and uh, Street Fighter Six, but modern controls. So I'm talking specifically about the control systems. So uh, Renee was saying how like she could get into Dead or Alive because she can, mm. you know, like pull off cool moves and all that sort of stuff. You can't do that in Street Fighter uh, and games like Street Fighter. So anime fighters are very much similar. And that is, um, in order to pull off like a cool mop combo or some cool moves, you've got to use the motions, you've got to get specific timing, and it can actually be a little bit daunting. There's a bit of a steeper hill to climb right at the start. But uh, as Renee was saying, the um, Street Fighter VI has modern controls, which basically changes the special moves into something very similar to Smash Brothers. And you played a lot of that, right, Renee? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. played... <clears throat> Lots of it since the very first one, I believe. Same. I'm a big fan of Smash Brothers, and um, I think uh, even the developer, like he, he's always come out and said that he wanted to make a fighting game that you know you didn't have to be this master of motion to be able to like pull off these cool moves. And I was like, well, you succeeded, and it worked really, really well. I uh, didn't anticipate that the game was going to be that good, though, and that popular and competitive as well. <laughs> They're like, oh, that, that one caught us a bit by the blind side. I don't think Nintendo was complaining. Yeah. No, well, the Internet's <laughs> always complaining. But, yeah. Well, I mean, since we're talking about fighting games, I think it, yeah. it'd be good for us to sort of just rattle off a couple of the big names that's in the arena, so, right? Like, yes. haha, pun. So, you know, you've got Street Fighter, you've got Tekken. Yeah. Which yep. I think are the current big two. Mortal Kombat's uh, probably up there Kombat. as well, especially in sales. Yeah. Oh, pop- oh yeah, probably popularity in sales. I was thinking competitive. 
Uh, the big competitive ones, if I have to think about it. Uh, yeah, Street Fighter is probably number one. Tekken's, um, depending on when the releases come out, it's it's right up there. For a while yeah. there, Tekken was like bigger than Street Fighter. Uh, yeah. So Guilty we've Gear. got we've got Guilty Gear and yep. Black Blaze Blue, which is sort of in that same sort of they they play together. You've got your 3D arena fighters like um, like Dead or Alive, which is less, mm-hmm. which hasn't had a release for for quite a while. Um, I believe Tim, what, yeah, six was the last one. Six, yeah. yeah I don't believe uh, you for it. <laughs> there was there are the Soul Caliber Soul Blade games, which also are pretty much dead in the they water have right been now. Up and down so much, yeah, but they seem um, a little down at the moment. Virtual Fighter Five was, I think, still the greatest fighting out. game ever made. Says the guy who's not an expert on fighting games. <laughs> just, I just had to throw that in because I know Tim and I really like Virtual Fighter as well. Um, and that was at this point. At this point, what's it? It's like twelve it's years over a old decade now? old. Um, yeah, yeah, they did easily a over a decade. Free release on the PS4. I did. It was believe. a launch game for PS5. Um, Virtual Fighter mm. Five was. And it, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big deal so because that all was a these... high-tech arcade game beforehand. You know, I've got all these uh, King of Fighters, um, King of Fighters, which recently yeah. released a new one, fifteen, I believe. Uh, fifteen, you know, it's really good. Um, Samurai Showdown had number five recently, or number six recently, about yep. a year, maybe maybe two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So these are, I think, you know, uh, just a, a short summary of a, a lot of the games. I, I think my favorite one up until this, uh, amongst all of them, remain Street Fighter. And yeah, there's 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 I think a fundamental reason for that. I it's and the use of the word system is absolutely I think right, but it's also about the logic of the logic of those systems. So when I'm playing Street Fighter, like when I'm playing Street Fighter, um, there is a logic I understand and a consistency that I understand. Which, which yeah. makes it easy for me to grasp. Yes, a lot of fighting games, you know, at the at the more strategic level, you're thinking about placing, you're thinking about positioning, you're thinking about timing, you're thinking about, um, you're trying to read your opponents, predict what they're trying to do, you know, but th- that's when you reach sort of the higher level of play when you really get into competitive space, right? <clears throat> yes. um, execution of moves, timing, and all of that stuff. But at, at the very sort of basic entry level, um, yes. I'm looking at the buttons, and in my mind, Street Fighter, something like Street Fighter has, there is a set of buttons, and they're all punches, and they go from left to right, weak to strongest. There is a second row of buttons. Um, they are for kicks, and they, again, similarly, consistency, go from left to right, weakest to strongest. There is a consistency in the way moves are pulled off. So Ken and Ryu have got the quarter circle forward punch. Um, but they're not the only character characters to use quarter circle punch. Um, yes. they've got the, they've got the, the forward down forward dragon punch motion. They're not the only ones. So even as a, player who is only moderately familiar with Street Fighter, I can come into a new Street Fighter game and with a new character that I've never tried before, 
attempt quarter circle punches or a quarter circle kick or a half circle punch, half circle kick. Chances are, because there is a level of consistency across characters in terms of the way the moves are and the way the inputs are utilized, there there's a very good chance that one of those motions will do something. Which, yes, as so it, it should, because yeah. not as doing that would add complexity, mistaking exactly. it for depth. Like, there's a difference. So, 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 therefore, I understand that consistency. I understand consistency in terms of six buttons, two rows, three for punches, three for kicks, weak, weak to strongest, left to right. Um, there are certain um, common patterns of input which while every character's sort of special move might be slightly different, the mm-hmm. there is a consistency to the input that I could apply to multiple characters. So if a quarter does if a quarter circle doesn't work, I might try charge. Charge back two seconds, push it forward. If that doesn't work, I'll try a three sixty circle, a command grab. There is a consistency to the input across multiple characters. So I understand that logic. I and really you know, struggled I really struggled with a game with like Tekken. Yes. Because ostensibly it's four buttons. Yeah. And I left, think they started hand, right hand, left, left, right, left hand, left right, right hand, left right, left right, left hand, right left hand, left leg, um right hand, right leg, right. You know, ostensibly that's the setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the inputs don't necessarily match it's, it's that. It's very different, yeah. It's There's, very different. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, what you're explaining um, is essentially when people talk about uh, legacy fighters, um, a lot of people, like, uh, they're a bit iffy as Street Fighter's legacy fighter. I'm like, I, I think it is for all the reasons that you're kind of pointing out there. Like, there's this consistency across every single version that carries over into the next game. And generally speaking, what they end up doing with new games is that they just build upon it. Like, they add new systems on top of it, or they add inputs that um, complement what's already there. And they tend to not remove most things. Um, You might be surprised to hear that the very first Street Fighter game um, was a hot mess. Mm. And the input controls were... I think you had to... You had to press... If you wanted to do a fireball, you had to press the punch button... Do the motion, and then release the punch button at the end of that motion, and that's how you did it. And it, like, you give that game to any Street Fighter pro, and they're like, they're not going to know what the hell's going on. They're not going to have a control it or anything like that. But when Street Fighter Two came out, they went, "This is how we're doing things." And um, also, we um, didn't they accidentally invent combos as well? <laughs> Yes. They did. So there was a glitch um, when they were making the game, Street Fighter 2, that is, where um, let's just say you do a crouching medium kick with, like, Ken or Ryu. We'll say Ryu. Um, and then you could do a fireball. They found that what was happening is that, like, if you did it quick enough, uh, the medium kick would kind of cancel into the fireball. So you can kind of, like, do two hits instead of doing one hit, wait, then do another. Um, and then they said, actually, this is really fun. Like, we could do, like, you know, combos here, you know? And then they went, okay, well, let's keep it in, like, do this with the other characters. But initially, it was a glitch. And I I think that's... That cancelling system... I mean, let's be honest. Like, fighting games, it, it started with Street Fighter 2. 
Yep. Like, yeah, you could find other games out there, um, including the original Street Fighter, but Street Fighter 2 was the blueprint for what fighting games were, at least for 2D fighters. Yeah. 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 Because so uh, think... 3D fighters like uh, Tekken and all that, they're like vastly different in terms of like how they Still operate. Still like, owe their existence to Street Fighter 2, though. Um... Yeah. But I think one of the one of my struggles, like when we're talking about fighting systems that don't click, like a lot of there are a lot of fighters that don't click with me, and I think mm. um, I tried quite. I, I really gave Grand Blue Grand Grand Blue versus mm-hmm. a red hot try, and I just did not click. I just couldn't understand the logic of the inputs because. <clears throat> ostensibly there is a weak attack strong attack and then I think it was a cancel and a block yep. but certain special attacks are mapped to certain inputs yes so yeah. I think it was if it's a if you wanted a specific type of attack it was it, it can be only be one button and not the other yep um and I just couldn't get that logic. And I think that was really why I struggled with Tekken as well, because you would think, mm-hmm. you know, okay, left hand, right hand, left leg, right leg, right. So if I yeah. press the right leg three times, I should be kicking three times with the right leg. And if I put, if I press the button for the right leg three times and the left leg one time, I should go, I should go, Do a weird right, bunny leg, hop. right leg, right leg, less, and then swap legs to a left leg. But that's not often what happens. Um, yeah, with the special special command moves, obviously that that can change things up with any yeah. fighting game, I guess. Like, um, oh, absolutely. I think it's, but I think it's more about predictability. I mean, like, like I said, consistency and 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 as a result yeah, of that predictability. Like getting to predictability mm-hmm. a little bit more, because I think my issue with a lot of this stuff yeah. is similar to what Renee was saying at the beginning, which is. I just can't remember long strings of commands. And honestly, I still think, like, Tekken is kind of really... Ter- Tekken is fun to watch. I don't enjoy playing it yes. all that much. Yep. The whole idea that in a Tekken game, you, if the other person gets you in the air and they know what you're doing, it's basically game over, just seems broken to me on, like, kind of like a basic <laughs> level. Um, yes. <laughs> whereas, I mean, this is... Looking into why this is, and it probably comes down to different personality types and what you enjoy in different things is perhaps beyond the scope of, you know, some random evening podcast discussion that we didn't really research. This isn't an essay. Um, <laughs> why Virtua Fighter, of all things, is the one that kind of clicked with me. And my main reason there is, like, Virtua Fighter, more than any other fighting game, in fact, exclusively, has this sense of, and I wonder if it's to due to a lack of, like, flashy special moves, has this sense of a flow. Like, I don't feel like I need to remember a bunch of set commands. Like, I kind of know what a few different combos do, and they all will just move into each other naturally for me mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. me really stopping to need to think about what do I do next. On basically every other fighting game, I feel like at some point you attack, and then, like, you hit a wall, and you reset, and you do a different attack, and then, like, this kind of like a freeze, and then you, like... Whereas Virtual Fighter is almost like a dance... Like yeah, Tekken uh, has definitely moved into that realm. There was at one point where Virtual Fighter was, um, for the longest time, considered to be one of the best technical fighters out there, and that's against everything else. And not just most technical 3D fighter, best technical fighter. And it was for that very reason that you're talking about. And um, 
it's nice to hear how complementary devs are to each other. So the devs for Virtual Fighter and the devs for Tekken, apparently you all used to like hang out like at bars, like after work. And they always felt like they were playing catch up to Virtual Fighter. So they would see Virtual Fighter do a bunch of things in their game and go, oh, we should do something similar in ours. Um, and I mean, if Tekken 7... Sorry, it's just reminding me of... Uh, yep. um, sure, you can copy me, just to make it obvious. It's, well, <laughs> there's, there's a long history there, which I won't get into, but uh, yeah, there's, there's court cases many years ago that uh, basically said, uh, you can you can do things that are similar to each other, otherwise you stifle any sort of innovation yeah. when it came to fighting games. But um, yeah, Tekken 7 was sensational, except for it's online, but it was absolutely sensational in terms of like mechanically how it was built. Um, I thought it was, anyway. And it seemed like everything that uh, Tim was talking about in terms of like flow and everything like that, it felt like they really did have that in Tekken 7. And it, you're right, it becomes this dance about opening the other player up and looking for that in. And if you can get that in, it's like if you get a really good in, it's like, okay, now I'm going to take away 40% of your health. And or maybe just, you know, a couple of hits, but now I'm ahead on health or something. And it I know that uh throughout the um versions and whatnot, Tekken has always consistently gotten better, but in terms of um consistency, it's it's always been very similar, but they always get better. And I got to lucky enough to play the beta for Tekken eight, which I'll be writing a quick piece about by the way. And it looks I mean, first of all it looks amazing. But it, it feels like, in terms of how it felt, it felt like I was playing Tekken 7 in terms of, like, its pacing, its flow, its um, how to control the character and that sort of stuff. And all they've really done is just added a few, a uh, couple of systems on top of that, the heat mm-hmm. system. And I, we don't know how how deep or how good or how bad, maybe, uh, that's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty good. But it's... It's essentially the same game with this new system on top, which does change how you play the game, really. And it does make me wish that there was going to be a new Virtual Fighter. Like, I think people have been wanting a new Virtual Fighter for a while, but... Um, a long while, you could argue, but who's going to make it? Well, that's the problem. And, I mean, you could say that about a lot of games. I still want another Killer Instinct, but who's going to make it? Like, who's going to do that? Well, the and people who made, who made the recent Killer Instinct, I guess. That's well, that. I was it's actually going to say, speaking of um, games that don't click, Killer Instinct yeah. was really popular on the in arcades and on the SNES, but it didn't translate mm. into 3D. Uh, essentially, it actually did really. It did pretty well. Um, did it? But what uh, it did, yeah. But what um, kind of sealed its fate? I don't know if you want to say sealed its fate, but. Um, they essentially came out, uh, and I think it was Iron Galaxy that did, did it initially, or Double Helix. I think it was Double Helix. And it wasn't so much the company, it was the people who worked for the company were all these old FGC veterans. So they made it a, a exclusive for the Xbox One, and the Xbox One, thanks to their horrible marketing team right before it came out, was really tanking behind PlayStation 4. So for every one Xbox One sold, they sold 2.2 PS4s. Like, it was not even close. So, you had this PS3? game that was locked to a console. No, no, this no, was PS4 four. and Xbox One. Four. Oh, no, right. Yeah. Xbox yeah. One. Sorry. I heard Xbox One, and for some reason, I thought original Xbox. Wow. <laughs> no. There's a marketing so, team's first wonder again right there. 
Yeah. And so they brought out this game, and it was locked to this console exclusively. You couldn't get it anywhere else. And on top of that, they um, were confusing people because the first game that actually had, like, seasons, it was the first fighting game to say, we have seasons, so buy this season for 30 bucks, you'll get all the characters, all the whatevers, whatevers, go for it. Um, and that's kind of what killed in terms of sales. But um, in terms of how it was um, received in, by the FGC, by communities and all that, it actually was received quite well. And eventually, it was no longer an exclusive. You could get it on Steam dirt cheap I might add and um but by that point people had kind of moved on but that um that fighting yeah, game yeah I actually was... had forgotten that one existed oh okay because <laughs> <laughs> that's that fighting game for me was um of that generation that was my number one it was so so fun like how they built it was excellent they're talking about systems that I love how they built this combo system and um, how it's almost a mind game. It's like anyone can learn how to do combos in Killer Instinct. It's usually you like press this button, wait, and you like mash this button. Oh, look, it just came out and you did another five hits. But yeah, I, at I any used time, to play I could as, be like, yeah. I used to play as uh, Orchard, Orchard Orchid a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, I couldn't get her, I couldn't do her most basic combos. I couldn't get any of them to work for me on the Super Nintendo. They, um, it did happen to be, I think, under 10 at the time, so... Oh, that's fine. I mean, Decent normal, defense. Right? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my brother happened to be 12 and would absolutely wipe the floor with me, thus killing any interest I had. In... No, no, he would use, you know, the 20, 30 hit combos yep. on me. <laughs> and... um. Yes. Like, he would always make me play with him, and then he would just use me as, like, he, a, a punching did he, bag. Did he, like, smartly do that thing that when you're 12, you know, if you know how to 12, you know how to do this. You'd, like, he would let you win, like, just enough, like, just occasionally. So that when you were, like, he'd, about he'd to throw down the control pad in frustration and then, like, start walloping you again. <laughs> no, no, he, he would let me, I would move my character slightly, hit once or twice, and then he'd just completely obliterate me. Um, and that's why I think I I don't really like fighting this games. This doesn't sound I, like a good time. No, no. Um, he also taught me this chess what, to beat me up in chess as well. I want to segue into this because this actually, um, with how this entire conversation started, something I wanted to bring up was um, why the modern control system in Street Fighter VI is so good. Is because... It removes that initial barrier that's so daunting when you first start playing. It's like you're so excited to do a special move, but you can't do it consistently. And then, like, you might play someone who's been playing for too many hours, like myself. It's like, well, he's just kicking my ass. This is not fun. So how do yeah. you do that? You you make it fun. And I think one of the... All the top devs have um, started doing this recently with their games, where they they make the game, but then they spend all this time trying to teach players how to, how it works and if you could the more you understand about fighting games and this is why I love them so much is that the more you learn the better it becomes so how do you get more people to play it you make it easier to learn it's like don't tell me that I uh, don't make me figure out that I can cancel normals into specials and all that sort of stuff like show me give me a tutorial to do it or you, you could that argue now. that maybe single player content is actually important it is um, also it is something else with the modern system. Sorry, 
um, yeah. something with the modern control system that is actually really good is that it's also a form of accessibility for people who may not initially be able to play those sorts of games simply because yes. they might have Literally, a disability. Yeah, like but screwed up muscles in the th- thumbs or something. Like quarter circle punch may actually be difficult for some people. Yeah, like people yeah. with mu- maybe muscular dystrophy or something like that, where they maybe they can still kind of play. It's just arthritis, not quite. Like- yeah, there's a there's a professional like uh, Street Fighter player, and um, I think he's been at least I know he's been playing since Street Fighter Four. He's called Broly Legs, and, and uses his mouth and stuff to like do the motions. This guy is a killer, man! Like he would kick my butt. Like I wouldn't even be close. He would just wash me ten ten zip in a and game. then wash his he's controller really good. as well. Like it's just amazing. I'm just like this this guy is like super damn talented now. I, when I see things like that, I'm like, they should. I hope somewhere out there, someone's going to make a controller that this guy can use that makes it even easier for him to play this game because he's he's got everything there. Like he's got the brain and he's got the knowledge and he's got the execution. Um, why not have systems like modern uh, buttons and all that sort of stuff that can bring other people into the fold? It's yeah. it's only yeah. going to it probably won't be any use to him. Yeah, it oh, probably no, won't be any use guy. to him because he'll have the muscle memory of that yeah, and it'll yeah. probably mess him up if you tried to do it a different way. But yeah, for people who may not have, yeah. um, who may have gone, fighting games look interesting, but I'll never be able to put in all those combos. My yeah. hands don't work like yeah. I would like them to. Well, um, that's one, exactly. Yeah. That's one reason why I am, like, in terms of games which are upcoming, I'm very keen to see what Project L would be looking like. Um, <laughs> and Project L is yeah. the fighting game that's based on Riot Games' League of Legends. It's 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 their their fighting game sort of offshoot. But why I'm interested is because the developers behind it is was is was Radiant Entertainment, who made Rising Thunder. That's exactly it. Yeah, which. I am very, 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 which I really, really liked when it came out oh, about a decade or so, about eight or nine years ago. That's a while ago, yeah. Yeah, and this was their attempt. It was a free-to-play fighting game. Um, basic moves are very similar to any other any fighting game. You've got your buttons for basic attacks and directional, but it's got... Th- its special move um, system was very interesting, where it's, it's a, a single a, it's a single button down, press. Right? It's a yeah. single button press cooldown system. So you've got yeah. every character has got three special attacks, and each mm-hmm. special attack you just need to press a single button to activate. And yep. once you activate it, depend each each special attack then has a cooldown timer on when it will refresh for you to use it again. And so a quick fire, uh, low damage um, special move will probably have a countdown timer of one second or two seconds real quick to refresh. But a powerful, like, really, really, really requires a lot of commitment type of special move. Um, Requires maybe eight seconds, ten seconds, twelve seconds to refresh, which in a fighting game that lasts sixty seconds, most of them do, is a long, long time. And one of the reasons why I loved that particular game is that the very, very basic input system 
which is basic buttons and special action buttons, mm-hmm. ties very neatly into what, what one of the things I said earlier on, which is it ties into that higher level thinking around timing and reading your strategy. enemy and strategy yeah. and positioning. So you're not concerned. You don't have to concern yourself with execution because you you may not be able to do the charge back two seconds, push forward, or quarter circle, or dragon punch motions, and specific mm-hmm. key, specific button combos. What you're concerned about then is when am I going to hit this special move? Yeah, when's my window? When's my window to hit it? Where's my positioning to hit it? And do mm-hmm. I go with the big one? which if I land it's high risk high reward but if I don't land that's gonna I'm good that move is out well, out of the game for the next yeah it's high if you whiff it you're gonna be without a tool for a yes. chunk of the game and so you have to think about okay am I going to go for the low risk low reward um special move or the high one or do I play in a way where I can trick my opponent into thinking oh he's going to go for one but I'm actually going Mm -hmm. for another so all of those mind games all of that uh, thinking around positioning and timing and window and observation ties directly into your input so you don't have to worry about or not that you don't have to worry about, but but the inputs are much more simplified. So the main yeah. concern is when you unleash that particular move. Yes, your timing. And Project L two has got a feature coming out that uh, I can't. I don't know if any other fighting games done this, but if you could imagine two v two, but with a tag system. So like you and I could team up, Ken, and play. Uh, you know, Tim and Renee. And every time I tag you in, it's like, okay, this now does you're not seem that like character. a fair pairing. It's look, I just randomly picked another. <laughs> I, I just, I love the idea of uh, like co op fighting games because um, I always yeah. felt like um, with games that had multiple characters, that was something that was missing. It's like, there's Actually, no reason you know what was you great? put that in the game. Do you know what? I mean, we do need to wrap up soon. Probably but the best night of playing fighting. And there haven't been many nights of playing fighting games, might be fair, but easily the best was like 50 rounds of Marvel vs. Capcom on Dreamcast. The first one. Oh, the first one? Where yeah. it was actually <laughs> two people per side. That's a great game. Jeez. And then that launched into a franchise of its own. <sighs> well, geez, I think we've been rambling long enough. I definitely have been. Uh, it's about time to wrap up. But before we go, Tim, yeah. where can everyone find you? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like every episode we make the Twitter joke and Twitter now we don't even know what it's called Sky Blue and it's got this Mike. one logo that absolutely looks like a porn streaming service when you like look at it as an app <laughs> thing on my phone yeah it looks like yeah, it looks but like. yeah it just looks like <laughs> so, you have so many people so no, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't looking at you porn or whatever I was like <laughs> it's Twitter now <laughs> no, no no it was, it was Twitter everyone <laughs> And, and for some reason, but when you load it up, all the up. interface is still the same. Oh, it's yes. so dumb. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still at Pretend Beard there. Very possibly going to be trying to stake that cl- that little flag in the ground in some other places very soon, I think. <laughs> it's so depressing. And Ken, where can people find you, Matt? 
Uh, you can find me at Pixel Hunt on the Twitters. Um, I do have. I did sign up for Blue Sky, but you know, I want to. I'm not using it just yet. It looks exactly the same as Twitter, which honestly think, is yeah. um, is refreshing. Weirdly, yeah. Like, but it's like it. <laughs> it just feels it's like, like bizarre. What, what's new? That's bizarro world. It's just they like are not mirror, doing mirror, a bunch of really universe. dumb. It's like shit. a mirror universe. It's uh, it's like Twitter if they'd taken away all the advertising and all the excess stuff that you don't need, and that's Blue yeah. Sky. Yeah. So in a couple of years, it's going to be like this super cool, fun place to hang out, and then it's going to gradually deteriorate, but still be like decent enough that we're going to hang there, and then some other neo-Nazi borderline billionaire dickhead's going to buy it, completely destroy the whole thing again, and so begins the cycle of life. Trump will buy it. There you go. The the cycle of social media. (laughs) Renee, where can people find you? I'm Scree06 on Twitter slash X, whichever one you prefer to call it. Um, I'm the same on threads. (laughs) Uh... And I'm just Scree on Blue Sky. Wonderful. No and... <laughs> you can find me on uh, definitely on Player Two. You'll see me, uh, Adam Rourke, or Garfield, and I am Garfield. That's a G- oh G H P. Yeah. So G H A R P H I E L D. I like that you say I that with the confidence it. that people are just going to find you based on that. No one's going to find me. It's no one takes this username. That's why I love it so much. But trying to tell people how to type it, even even when they see it, they always like make a typo, and I'm like, that's okay. I picked I picked an obscure name. That's not your fault. But uh, you know what? Go and play it too. You'll see me there, and um, I will have some articles coming out soon. Probably so, about uh, taking them. Guys. One is about Tekken, yes, and the other one is about uh, a new game that I picked up, which I probably uh, I could probably bring it up, but I'm not going to. It's going to be a surprise. It's a little indie title, but it was one that was on my uh, watch list for a while. Hmm. Intriguing. Silence. That silence Intriguing. is that is Silence. Us. Silence is golden. Signing out. Silence Peace out, is everyone. golden. I don't want silence. I have chronic tinnitus. If it gets too quiet, I can just hear a beep. <laughs> Wait, do you really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Too many music concerts. But, like, all five of them have been through my life. No, I'm pretty sure it was stress-reduced. Um. I've got a, um, I've got a friend, um... <laughs>